0: Hey, what's up? Do you have the answers to the math homework?
1: Yeah, that homework was so hard. If that kind of stuff's on the test, I'm definitely going to fail. But if I do, my parents are going to kill me.
0: I doubt you'll fail the test. Can you just send me the pictures of the homework?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll send it in a minute.
0: Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: Hello, welcome to episode two of Scream Talkers. Today we'll be discussing the opening scene. Hi, I'm Ben, and I'm here with Maeve. How are you doing, Maeve? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Um, We're just about to get into talking about the opening scene of Scream, which is by far yes. one of the most iconic... Um, opening sequences in all of film, not just in all of horror, but in all of film. Would you agree? I
0: I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. We're ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, let's go. So... Uh, let's scre- the scream opening scene is iconic. Yeah. Uh, the runtime is about 10 to 12 minutes. We had different times on that, so depending on where we s- decide to stop, it could be 10 to 12 minutes. Um, the characters involved in this scene are Casey, Steve, Ghostface, and Casey's parents. And I do to say Casey is probably a very iconic character, even though she's only in the movie. For about, like, 12 minutes.
1: Yeah, she Um, was all over every single promo material for the movie, but she dies in the first 15 minutes.
0: Well, it's Drew Barrymore. Everyone was so surprised when Drew Barrymore was the first, like, was to get cut off that early. Yeah. Um,
1: Besides Drew Barrymore, I'm pretty sure this movie had a very much unknown cast.
0: Yeah, pretty. I think, well, Ski Ulrich is, like, Matthew Lillard, um... I don't know when they got their big break, but, like, I know, like, um, it depends when, like, you look at it, what they did before and after. Yeah. Um, so some things I love in the opening scene was right at the beginning when, uh, she just hangs up the phone for the second time because he keeps calling back and she's going to make popcorn. There's a little bit of, we were just, we were talking earlier about how there's a little bit of, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this scene. So one of the foreshadows is you just see the tree pan, You just see the camera pan by the tree, um, where she'll later be hung. Like later be hung from. Do you have any other foreshadowing you'd like to share?
1: Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't think I have much more foreshadowing just in the opening scene. You covered everything I had.
0: Okay. And then, like, they pan by the patio a couple times. You'll later see Steve. So they definitely use the camera and the panning to their advantage. And to talk about some more camera action is um, the Zoom. I love the Zoom when she realizes he he might be watching her. So he's like, I'd like to know, I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah, And it, like, just zooms in super fast. I absolutely love that Zoom. And towards the end, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place because I'm just trying to talk about all the camera stuff. Um, The crooked shots from her perspective when she's on the ground getting like uh, beat up and killed by Ghostface and she's like on the ground. And it's like looks like it's her perspective from like looking at her parents. So I absolutely love that scene. And the chunky pan in when she's on the tree yeah it's just not like a straight pan it's like chunky i absolutely love those panins because it just it just i don't know about i don't know what i love about it i just love it it's like one of the things you're like i don't know why i just liked it so um do you have any other camera things you want to add
1: um let's see i know i have a few camera things um the sound sound design sound 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 is very big yes Mm-hmm. So like um, from the opening title card, with um, yeah. that's the actually the sound that her mom's makes when her when she's screaming when she sees her mm-hmm. daughter dead. It's that's that definitely. scream, and you hear a phone ringing, and it transitions right into Casey's house. The phone's still ringing. I really like that. Yes,
0: the phone ringing. I feel like is the scare. It's like it's the jump scares of this scene. Is just the phone. Yeah. It's like super silent or like. Casey's just going around doing her business, and it's just ring, and it's like, oh, and it just you jump out of your seat because it's such, it's such an iconic phone ring that when you hear it, and it's so high pitched that it just scares the crap out of you.
1: Yeah. Um. And, yeah. What else Definitely. do I have for audio design? Oh, when it, the camera's outside and she's playing Ghostface game to keep Steve alive. Oh, yeah. And you hear her sh- yelling Jason, but it sounds like you're standing outside, too.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. And then there, the sound and video and, like, camera action, this is just so well done. They definitely use it to their advantage when t- creating how the scene was going to look. And the mom scream at the end. The mom scream is so iconic. I love it so much. Yeah,
1: it's really cool. How they did that
0: one. Oh, and then, that's another cool camera thing. Like, the mom scree- runs out the door and screams and then falls to her knees. And then like, the dad comes up behind and, like, pans up to his face. I absolutely love that scene. I absolutely love that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, I want to talk about when she's first putting the popcorn on the stove. And she's on the phone with Go's face. Mm-hmm. But she mentions they—they they mention franchises such as Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Very much iconic franchises from the eighties.
0: Yes, and it makes I have a little.
1: It makes us mm-hmm. know that they live in our universe. They abide by our universe's rules and properties. There is no supernatural stuff, really.
0: Yeah, I absolutely okay. So I made a little list of references, and you pick like those ones are obvious when they're like. When they're the trivia, and and she's like, oh, and they're talking about the movies, and he's like, is that the one with the guy who has knives for fingers or something? I love those little lines. Oh my god, and the synopsis she gives for Halloween is just, like, the guy, so the guy who walks around in a white mask and stalks babysitters, I find that just a really funny synopsis, because that's not how I would summarize Halloween. Yeah. Um... Uh, but there is another Halloween reference that is not just out there saying the title. When the parents get home, the dad says, run down to the McKenzie's and call the police. Lori says the same thing to Tommy and I forget the little girl's name in Halloween. Yeah. When Michael Myers is up in the bedroom. So I find that's the McKenzie's. I love I love that reference. Did, did you pick up on that?
1: Yeah, I actually didn't pick up on that because I've only seen Halloween once or twice. I did oh, not pick Halloween up on that favorite. when I watched the movie most recently, but now that you bring it up, I'm actually going to recognize it when I watch the movie and further t- at further dates.
0: hmm. They have a pretty good amount of references throughout the whole throughout all of Scream, which I like.
1: Yeah. So, and- like, um, when um, when Ghostface brings up Nightmare on Elm Street, I, f- I find it funny. Wes Craven directed the movie. But Kevin Williamson was the writer, and they're talking about the fact that the first Nightmare on Elm Street was the only good one. Yes. That's really funny.
0: <laughs> that was definitely funny. And they actually, I don't, because I don't, we're talking about references, I just want to talk about all of them, and I don't want to veer too off course about the opening scene, because I really want to get into it, because I absolutely, like, this is my favorite part of the movie. I'm like, how could it not be your, like one of your favorite parts of the movie? But the one reference that we'll probably not talk about in the other episodes is um, in the principal's office when um, he runs outside and is actually Russ Craven in a Freddy sweater as the janitor. Like, I, I just do. Yeah, I don't want to veer too off course, but I actually, absolutely love that. and I don't want to forget to mention that in an episode.
1: Other thing that is interesting about the scene is Casey's stupidity.
0: Yes, she, so, yeah, she can be pretty stupid in this scene. So,
1: like, um, she threatens to call the police, but then she listens to the person trying <laughs> to kill her. Yeah,
0: he's like, oh, they'll never make it. And she's like, okay, I guess. Oh, okay, I won't
1: call to- the police now. Um, she
0: doesn't even try.
1: She never lets the <laughs> phone ring. She always picks yeah. it up.
0: She di- I guess she didn't know what answering machines were. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how you survive this. Or you at least speed it up a little bit so you can kind of make, maybe, like, get it over with. Don't answer the phone. You just don't answer the phone. Yeah, you
1: just don't answer the phone. Then I also have written down that she was trying to defend herself with a pencil.
0: Oh, I thought it was a sewing thing. Oh,
1: I thought it was a pencil. So she picks it up.
0: It was a, like, like the little things you use to knit?
1: Oh, uh, it might have been. I don't know. It was was one of those. It was one of those. It was a needle or a pencil. But still, either
0: way, why are you going to defend
1: yourself (laughs) with something that's not sharp?
0: Yeah, like that could get a good stab in the leg, but it's not a life saving weapon. Yeah. And then she doesn't even use it. She just holds it out and then like it just disappears. And she
1: just runs into the kitchen and grabs a knife.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot she grabs a knife. Yeah.
1: She doesn't run towards the moving car. She sits there waiting.
0: Oh my god, she just stands there. Oh my god, those are the moments that you're just yelling at the TV. You're like, "Run! Why aren't you running?" It bothers the crap out of me.
1: Yeah, that gets me. Yeah. Um. Then Ghostface's invincibility. Yeah. He is invincible.
0: That's what I love about, I do have to say, he is definitely not the most invincible killer. Like there's Jason and Michael, but he is definitely the most, he's like the most clumsiest. He's the clumsiest killer. Yeah. Which I love. It's more realistic. It's more like, you're like, oh, I could see that. That could definitely be Stu. He's fallen all over the place. So
1: like, but, um, in the next scene, they're inter- the cops are interrogating people at school. All they have to do is look for the person who has a cut-up hand because he's punched through a window, um, a scratched-up face because he because headbut- he smashes his head through the window as well, and then someone with bruises all over because he throws himself through a window.
0: Speaking of punching his head through a window, why? Why did, you, why did he think that was a good idea? Yeah. Let's be honest. You have the risk of getting stuck The risk of getting a piece of glass stuck in your neck. So many risks that apparently he didn't think about. (laughs) Back to Casey's um, stupidity for a second. Why does she have so many freaking doors unlocked? That's the only thing I'm thinking. She's like, it's like, oh my God, why are you home alone and have this many doors unlocked? I'm like, I know when I'm home alone, every door is locked and I'm like stuck in my room. I'm like, I'm not going out there.
1: Yeah. I barely yeah, I barely leave my room when I'm home alone.
0: So well we can talk about the damage right now. The damage done is unbelievable to this house. Like the parents get home, they just found out their daughter is dead, and they have a messed up house. <laughs> mm mm. Yeah. Definitely adding salt to the wound definitely adding salt to the wound yeah but um i want to know okay so because when i think of the damage i think of like the chair being thrown through the window which makes me think of the chair steve sits on there is no when steve finally it's like the last hurrah and he finally gets killed how who's doing it there's no one in shot Casey you would have sure seen it unless it was like a string they pulled or something like that it was like oh we're just gonna take all steve's organs out
1: yeah massive Rue goldberg pen Rue goldberg pendulum just they have yeah. a pendulum hung high above him it swings once and then it's there's no purpose anymore
0: yeah and i the timing of how things take place is I I think I might have said this again. I might have think I might have said this. But it's so unrealistic. Yeah. Like, how they're able to... Throughout the whole movie, it is so unrealistic of how they... Of how things take place. Like, the fact that... Like, that... Like, we see Steve die and a whole bunch of other things. And Steve and Billy must have been running track... How do they run so fast? They're, like, from the front of the house, to the back, in the house. Like, they're running, cr- like, so fast.
1: Yeah, and in the opening scene specifically, it, we know that Stu was with Tatum at yeah. what we think is the time of death. Yeah. So was Billy doing this so on his own? Too. Is he doing it on his own?
0: It doesn't make any sense. Billy is smart. He's a pretty smart killer. Like, he knew what he was doing, which is weird to think. Like, why, why would you know what you were doing? But, um... He couldn't have done it on his own. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, on talking about who we think did each... I feel like Billy was definitely on the phone in the beginning. Yeah. Of the scene. Like, when he's asked... When they're talking about the movies and trivia. It was that or Billy wrote Stu a script. To read
1: well, them. Billy's also just a much smoother talker. So, I think it was him in the beginning. But then once once Ghostface gets more hostile, I definitely think that could have been Stu.
0: Yeah. Because Matthew Lillard was really good in this movie. I don't know if people agree. I feel like I feel like some things he says fall flat, but some things are pretty good. Yeah, he gave
1: it his all, character. and it definitely yeah. paid off.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah. A woozy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I feel like it was definitely dealing in the beginning, stew towards the end. But I think they might have shared the physical stuff. Speaking of physical stuff, these they are like paranormal killers. They kind of are. Like, how did they get Casey tied up like that? They, we were like away from the shop for 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. Quick. And
0: they must was... have been rehearsing. Like when they hung out, they must have been rehearsing in their room of how to tie people up and stuff. How to hang, hang someone
1: happening. from a tree.
0: I could so see that happening. And like rehearsing and Billy being like, Stu, you're doing it wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah. From the top. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can see something that happened. But, okay, so t- at the end of the movie, they tell, like, their whole, they like, confess to everything, which we'll be talking about that in a later episode, but why did Casey and Steve get killed?
1: I think it was supposed to be a kickstart, but if their plan worked, which would be to frame Sydney's father, then why would they need to kill uh, Casey and Steve? There would not be a point in killing them.
0: Yeah, there was absolutely no point. But it made, it made for a great opening scene, let's be honest.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a, was a really good scene.
0: There was no putting them dying, but it made a great opening scene for the audience to watch. But, um, like, it just, I, every time I watch it, I'm always thinking, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. But I love it. It just doesn't make sense.
1: But back to the um, fact that Billy and Sue are pretty much paranormal killers...
0: Kind of. Um, they act like it. Yeah. So They're like, everywhere,
1: Ghostface, whoever the Ghostface is in the scene, throws himself through a window and then just runs full speed to catch up to some to Casey, who's at this point shouldn't be, even be exhausted from running. Yeah, yeah. She should easily be able to outrun a Ghostface who should be limping. Yeah. Should not be running full speed. Mm-hmm. He should be limping.
0: Oh my god, Billy and Stu should be in so much pain by the end of this movie. Like, throughout the movie, they're getting kicked. Like, so much is happening, and again, I don't want to veer too off course. Yeah, they
1: probably kept up the sales for the town pharmacy. Yeah.
0: Yes, pain yeah. So painkillers, painkillers, painkillers. Yeah, get, going home, icing, everything, oh my goodness. But, um... Yeah, they definitely the did. The deaths, the overall deaths in the opening scene are just Casey and Steve. Steve first, he... We don't see... It looks like he was, like, tortured and stuff and, like, beaten up because he's, like, throughout getting tied onto the chair. But then all of his... Um, we see him die with all of his organs getting, like, took taken out of his body. But, um... He, and then Casey's death in this scene is, um... She is, like, stabbed multiple times, choked a little, then, like, looks like she's been gutted and then hung from a tree, so... Yeah.
1: That's actually, that might as well be quoting the line that the principal gives. Fairness, to, fairness would be to rip your insides out and hang you from a tree.
0: Yeah. No, but the principal? They definitely, this movie is definitely playing to everyone's suspect. We can talk about the principal in like later episodes, but I definitely feel that everyone, everyone, you never really know. This is definitely a movie I just, when I first watched it. And it didn't help that was, like, one of the first horror movies I saw. So I had no idea what to even look for. So I'm just sitting there confused the whole time, not knowing who, who's the killer.
1: Yeah, this was the first horror movie I ever saw. And I absolutely loved it. I absolutely still love it to this day. But yeah. it's impossible to figure out who the killer is the first time around until you see the end.
0: Yeah. And they definitely keep that up in the later movies, in, like which we'll talk about in other episodes, but we, they definitely keep that up. They keep it up in the TV series. Definitely, you never know. I remember sitting in, with my little notebook, watching all the movies, writing down clues so I could beat the movie knowing who the killer was.
1: There's just so much going on in this opening scene. one um, of I have a lot of stuff written down. And no, I'm... You can,
0: just.
1: You can go. Yeah, I'm going to nitpick for a few seconds.
0: Okay.
1: So, number one, I have Casey having just finished the first call. She's already annoyed. But it could be a yeah. completely different person calling her. It could just be a coincidence that, that the calls are extremely close to each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... What happens to the popcorn? Like, we see it about to burn. We see it smoking. But until her parents get home, or she walks right back into the kitchen, there's just smoke everywhere. And from what we see, her house is an open floor plan, so there should be smoke everywhere.
0: Yeah, there's only ever smoke in the kitchen (laughs) until the very end. It's Well, there's so many—we might not see the smoke because it might be going right outside. Could be it, because of all the different, like— Doors open. All the doors. Smashed. All of it. And, um, we actually, because it's an open floor plan, it depending, I bet if that was burning for hours, like, we would definitely see more smoke. But because it's so, like, it's 12 minutes, we're supposed to believe it's, like, happening quick, quick. Um, because it's an open floor plan, the smoke might not be as heavy because it's going to more places. I don't know how smoke works, but maybe that that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Keep nitpicking.
1: All right. Another. Um. Yeah. The paranormal killers. That's a big one. Um. How many times does she say no, and how many times does she say please?
0: Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Speaking of please. She just saw her boyfriend get murdered and she's like, please leave me alone. Instead of like screaming her head off, I know I'd be like freaking out. But she's so calm and she's like, please just leave me alone. Like, oh my goodness, you probably didn't care that much about Steve, I guess.
1: (laughs) Ghostface's plan has too many variables. Yeah. Far too many variables. Because it seems like they have it all planned out. For every death they have. It even seems like they have Tatum's death planned out, which is really hard. It relies on a th- garage door malfunctioning, which is mm-hmm. really unreliable. Yeah,
0: but I mean, you can definitely talk more about their plan in the Billy and Stew episode, which I'm really excited about.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um, she can call the police, go upstairs, walk outside, and kill the guy.
0: Yeah. Lock
1: every door in the house and go upstate. Just, just protect yeah. yourself. Don't run around an open floor plan house. With the killer yeah. outside?
0: Like, that's what I'm... Yes, I totally agree. Like, I'm thinking about it, and, like, literally, right at the beginning, all she had to do was go upstairs. Right at the beginning of those phone calls, she just had to walk her little butt upstairs, and she would have been fine. They wouldn't know where she was. Locked herself in a closet. Yeah,
1: there's no reason... There wouldn't be a reason for her to not go upstairs. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what teenager doesn't spend their time upstairs. Oh, yeah. That might just be a 2020 thing, but I think in... In 1996, they were probably staying out, like staying upstairs, too. Yeah. Oh, and when she lies about not having a boyfriend, where was that getting her? Where was that getting her? Yeah, I don't know how,
1: why she thought that would be a good idea, where she thought it would get her. It did not work whatsoever.
0: Was she, was she, yeah, like, was she trying to go on a date with this weird, like, weird, like, guy on the phone? She was trying to get a date, but, like, can't take it back. She already knew she had a boyfriend, so she was like, oh, great, now she's lying.
1: <laughs> she thought everything would work, and nothing worked. She yeah. probably should have known she was going to die from the beginning.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe she was like, huh, oh, this, is, this is my time. Maybe, who knows? You can't really know. So, yeah, this is definitely, when I think of Scream, it's the opening scene. This is, like, the most iconic opening scene I can think of. Like, who doesn't? Even if you're not a horror fan, even if you, haven't ha- known, if you haven't seen Scream, you know of the Scream opening scene, though. Oh, yeah.
1: Every so time funny. I think of screen, Scream, I think of either Ghostface, Sydney, or the shot of Casey hanging from the tree.
0: Oh, that, oh my goodness, that mm. shot is just, I'm talking about it again, it's just so good. It's just, it's my favorite shot in the whole scene.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely. I've, another thing is, I feel like this movie might have kickstarted the gore trend that we saw yeah, in the early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Because it was pretty gory. Because horror had been turned down quite a bit up yeah. until this point in the nineties.
0: Pretty much. I. Just, we should have a like a count of how many times we said "scene" at the end of this. Yeah. That would be so funny. I'm pretty sure we've been saying scene like twice per sentence. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Should we do a wrap-up? Yeah, yeah, I think we should wrap it up here. Okay, so do you want to wrap this up? Sure. Okay. Go ahead.
1: All right, yeah, that's the opening scene for Scream. Definitely one of the most iconic uh, opening scenes in all of film. Not just in all of horror, but in all of film it um it a lot of people would have thought that they got catfished in or hooked in by all the promo material because drew barrymore was all over the promos for this movie she only lasted about 12 minutes
0: yeah but that was a great 12 minutes for her
1: oh um, yeah this
0: is the acting amazing
1: <laughs> yeah this it's is one of my not, you... this is one of my favorite scenes in any movie and i've seen quite yeah. a few movies
0: This is why Drew Barrymore is my favorite actress. Fun fact. Fun fact about me. (laughs) All
1: right, and that is the opening scene for Scream. Like I said at the beginning and multiple times throughout, it's
0: definitely one of the most iconic scenes in all of film. Do you agree with me, Maeve? yeah most definitely and we definitely need a how many times we said iconic and how many times we said scene counter throughout this episode and like suggested you might see
1: a uh, damage a uh, damage tally episode yeah, at some point that might be coming up so watch mm-hmm. out for that mm-hmm. is that all
0: um just go follow the cliche killer productions on instagram for more about scream talkers and more about the Cliche Killer, and if you're interested in reading an article from one of us, go check out the blog at www.theclichekiller.com. Um, thank you for tuning into this episode, and make sure to come back next week for episode three, where we get into Gale Weathers. <laughs>